Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer and I'm excited to be here today with Sammy Sage. Hey Sammy. Hi, I'm thrilled to be talking to you about this. I know that like we had a weird weekend and that movies were the content stars, but I, I was I felt really relieved to just be able to have my Sunday night and I feel like Roni maybe, you know, maybe it's replacing Succession on my Sunday night. <laughs> Well, HBO is not giving us anything good to work with right now. So, you know, Roni it is, Crappy Lake, Atlanta's still in the mix. You know, there's there's a lot happening on Sunday nights. And it was, um, it's been fun the last couple weeks because I got to see the first couple episodes of Roni early. So it's been fun to actually watch people like react to them and like experience it. And I'm like, okay, good. Like, I, I feel like I was on the right page of like enjoying it. And now it seems like, everybody actually is so oh yeah because you probably didn't have like i mean i'm sure all the other your you know your bravo community friends did see it so they you know you were able to talk to them about it but like the general reaction is a totally different story yeah i mean i we had bryn aaron and jessel on the podcast that the episode came out last week but we recorded it like almost a month ago and so there were (laughs) there were Yeah, there were certain things where I'm like, okay, like I have seen the episode, but we're in such a like vacuum of opinions about this where I'm just like, you go girls. (laughs) Right. Because it's not like you can talk to them about the reaction that people had. You can just talk to them about what they did and then your reaction. It's a strange, it's a strange thing, especially for a brand new cast and a brand new version of a show like this, that it's like everybody who had so many thoughts and opinions about the idea of rebooting Roni, but like until a week ago, there wasn't any actual material to work with. And now it's like, it is funny watching some people who were super hesitant, be like very impressed with the show or some people who just aren't gelling with it, which is fine. Like definitely not everybody has to like every show that's on Bravo. And so if you're, if you're not feeling new Roni, don't worry. I, I think there are others out there, but like, I- I'm just trying to have a good time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, okay. I see this as like a bonus. Roni is an amazing show. And if this was good, then great. We have extended the universe. If it's bad, then we still have like 11, what is 11 or 12 really good Roni seasons under our yeah. belt. But like the idea that, you know, like I know Bethany and Jill were like, being salty about it like the idea that you would be salty about a show that's the chances of this eclipsing their show are so small and if anything it just extends the legacy of their show and cements them as more legit because it's like you started the show that literally was able to have like a second life and the chance like the chances of someone being like I like these people more or their show is better it's just 
it's unlikely and I don't get why they're so like anti it. Right. It is going to be like years and years before anybody would earnestly try to make the argument that like New Roni is more iconic than Scary Island. Like, or like, you know, yeah. Luann or Ramona or whatever. Like the impact just culturally where we are. I mean, you talked about, you mentioned how this weekend was like such a big movie weekend. And part of the reason that it felt so big is because that doesn't really happen anymore. Like movies aren't at the center of culture the way that they once were, whatever, you know? So like to have something like Barbie that everyone is like watching and talking about at the same time is really unusual. And reality TV is sort of similar. Of course, there's this, there's this Bravo community and within this bubble, everybody is excited about housewives and, you know, BravoCon is selling out in 30 seconds and all this, that, and the other thing. So it's not like you're watching it alone, but in terms of cultural relevance, when people talk about housewives, like the big touchstones are 10 years ago. It's still Teresa flipping the table. It's still Nene leaks. Everything she ever said being iconic. It's still, you know, scary Island and you know, the limo fight on Beverly Hills. Like a lot of the moments that are sort of like the cultural touchstones of housewives are things from 2008 to 2012 so it's like these women they can have a great show that still isn't gonna eclipse the impact right like the 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 closest the closest things we've had to quote iconic of recent housewives are like jen shaw getting arrested (laughs) like is something like that gonna happen on the new roni because if not i don't think look it's i think it's gonna be a really good show so far i'm really enjoying it Mm-hmm. But again, it's only been two episodes. They would have to be so good and have such crazy shit happen that people would even be like, oh, this cl- compares. That we could even talk about them in the same sentence. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't my know. My mom I think- is not like my mom who doesn't watch Bravo is not going to hear about something that happened on New Roni and text me about it. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like Vanderpump becoming what it did. That was iconic for Bravo. But that's. So unlikely to happen. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's been, I really have enjoyed it so far. I mean, I've only seen two episodes, but I do feel like, because you know, they had that whole uh, controversy with Lizzie Savetsky where she like left the show. I kind of feel like because they had that situation, it was almost like that was like their warm up filming Mm -hmm. and it made them like comfortable with each other and it made them comfortable with filming so you could it felt like when they start like the first episode started it felt that they weren't so shy about it like it wasn't their first filming session I actually there have been some some seasons of Housewives where you can tell that they sort of have filmed for a little bit before they really like pick up the season and like sometimes I think that's just because if nothing is really happening for the first couple weeks then they can just kind of like trim the fat off of the beginning whereas in this case you have this new group of women yeah they had some connections it's not like they were six total strangers but I don't think most of these women are really pretending that they were BFFs at all before the show started so it is kind of nice to have a little bit of history and a little bit of experience together to refer to. Cause even in episode one, like when they're talking about, uh, you know, Aaron hosting people and having the cheese and the, the catch and Casa Cipriani event, like those I'm assuming most likely were events that they filmed. And then because of the kind of, you know, rejiggering of the cast, (laughs) 
they didn't use those. And so like, obviously in terms of the show, it creates like a little bit of a weird dynamic where it's like, if you have the footage, why don't you show us? But at the same time, it's like, it's nice that these women aren't literally meeting for the first time and pretending that they're friends. Right. Like I'd rather them refer to some stupid off camera thing that makes me feel that there was some prior history, even if it was only like the scrapped filming rather than like them having their first fight on camera and being all self-conscious about it. And like, should we start a fight over going to Casa Cipriani? Like, should we start a fight over the cheese board? So and you can kind of see that they don't have like real things to fight about yet. Like mostly their biggest complaint is like Aaron's hosting, which is so <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly kind of funny because I do sort of feel like they're punking her, but it's, but they're not, but it's because they know they'll get a rise out of her that they want to do it more. And yeah. it's, I find that whole dynamic to be very, very entertaining, but stupid. It is fun to watch because other than like Salt Lake and Dubai starting, we haven't had a full, new cast of housewives like that doesn't happen very often and so it's like really interesting to watch people kind of figure out in real time like how to do the thing of having conflict on the tv show because obviously there are some situations where it's like super real and super intense like you know Teresa and melissa's stuff and you know everything that happened with jen like there are situations where it's like no this is like really fucking deep but also it's a skill that you have to have on housewives to be able to kind of create these issues and carry them on and know when to move on, know when to drop it, know when to know when to bring it back up. And I think in these first couple episodes, we're seeing like a little bit of like testing the waters, like, okay, like Cy bringing the toilet paper to Aaron's house in the Hamptons to me, it's like a fun little like, I'm going to I'm going to test out this sort of like shady gift and see, you know, how are you going to react? Like if you know, if I make a comment about my my room not being big enough, like is this going to be like a fun little ha ha, of course I'm kidding, or are we going to have beef about it? And like so far the the lingerie issue between Jessel and Jenna is kind of the the biggest like actual issue I think we've gotten to, but it's been kind of fun over two episodes to watch them kind of like feel around for where the boundaries lie and how comfortable they are in terms of like making something an issue. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I also feel like they sort of, this doesn't feel like the show is happening in a vacuum. I feel that they have watched old housewives and they know what like the tropes are. So like bringing the toilet paper and like, complaining about the room and you know the where am I sleeping like all those things feel like they feel like they know they should make a thing because if you walk I don't know I've never fucking walked into anyone's house and been like give me that room like I don't really understand the for the toilet paper thing is so bizarre the obsession over the sandwich like I kind of get that I kind of get it but like shut up like that's what I like stop telling it to the host And I feel like they know (laughs) that they – that that's, like, an acceptable thing to be bitchy about. That, like, what's she going to do? Call me out, like, that hard. And then I can react to it. So Okay. So fun – two things. Fun preview. I 
Um, Side to Silva is going to be on this podcast on Wednesday. Oh, um, great. We chatted last week and we got into the toilet paper of it all. Um, so that was interesting. There was like a little more to it, um, but I won't oh, give it away because okay. listen on Wednesday. Um, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell but, exciting. But, the, but the thing is, it's funny when you talk about how they've like watched Housewives and stuff. And just the idea that when Aaron is hosting these women, she's having like a caviar person come in and like set up the Pringles. And when they, when the women arrive at the house, like the caviar people are like still there and like introducing themselves to the women. And it's kind of like, what is this a thing I don't know about? Like, why are we usually when you put out the tray of snacks, you don't meet the person who like, procured the snacks (laughs) i i have a feeling that this was like she bartered the caviar people to come (laughs) with the film to come for the filming and that's my sense because like why not just buy the caviar and put it on the pringle and i'm sure she has some sort of help in her house that does those things usually so like why is that so complicated but that's why i'm like i think that might have been like a barter of some sort I agree. And I think she posted, uh, watch what happens live last night. Like she posted with the caviar mermaid lady and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I think she bartered. Here's my thought. Like, okay. I think the caviar spread was lovely. I would have been, I would have had no complaints about it, but that's a side. Like you need to have like a crudite. You need to have like some other snacks there. I understand why they wanted sandwiches. Like you need to have some like protein that's not tiny fish eggs yeah when people arrive after a huge drive to the Hamptons so I do understand that complaint just saying I understand it too I think the caviar on on the chip is a fun thing it's good you have like a uh, two or three of them and then you want something else yeah, no, I think that's the kind of thing where it's like that's one thing you have when people are arriving for a long ride and dinner's at seven. You know, you you got to have some other shit. You need a fruit platter. Like, you know, I just, yeah, I understood that complaint, but they should have been like the caviar was really nice and they should have been like, thank you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I would never complain if someone was like, here's some caviar. I'd just be like, do you have anything else? Or yeah. bring fucking snacks from your house, ladies. The, the visual of Uba arriving at Provisions and realizing it was closed was really funny, though. <laughs> She's like, it's like dark on the inside. She's like right. creeping around the side. It's like, no. Yeah. It's so like that also feels real to me. Like there would be someone who'd be like, I got to go to this sandwich store. Like and then you have it's a hassle to get there. And yeah, no, I that felt real to me. But I do think it would have been nice for Aaron to serve a little more finger food with the caviar. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. 
The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. How do you feel so far about what we're getting from Jenna Lyons? Were you like excited to see Jenna on the show? So honestly, like I had heard her name, but I didn't know like her lore, but I find her to be very intriguing. I don't know what we're going to get from her. I do find her to be like an intriguing presence. I do like how she's like weird. And I say that in a way that I mean unique, not weird as in like off-putting. So I'd heard her name, but I didn't realize like she was this like legend who like the New York Post would care to out like at the time they were doing that. So that was like some context on who she is and why she is how she is. I thought that was really interesting. I didn't love that Sai was like trying to call her out for not saying who she was dating at this point because I feel like she was so forthcoming about a lot of personal stuff with like her mom and and the experience of, like, being outed and, like, how she, like, came out, basically. And I feel like she gave a lot. And the women just kind of want to criticize her because she's – it's like she has a target on her back because she's the most – the biggest name. Yeah. I think the the personal life thing is interesting because, obviously – when you sign up to do Housewives, there's a certain amount of, you know, you're signing up to show your life X, Y, Z. But I think that's a lot different when you are married and live with your partner and have kids and are just, you know, your personal life is, here's my family at our house. L- right. Look at us hang out at our house. Whereas when your personal life is, oh, I I am not married, but I'm dating and I'm seeing someone and it's been, you know, we don't know exactly how long, like, you're not necessarily, I feel like if you're not in like a long term relationship or whatever level of commitment, you can't necessarily expect the other person in the relationship to really go along with the housewivesness. And especially these women, it's like, they just started filming for this show in the past few weeks, like, maybe Jenna's girlfriend or partner or whoever is really just not interested. Right. That's how I felt about it. It was like, okay, it'd be one thing if she's been on for like two seasons and dating this person for a long time and it's really solid, but it's another, and she was giving us nothing other than that. But like, she wasn't giving nothing. She was giving a lot. I thought she was going deeper into her 
stuff than anyone else so far. And like, I I get it. Like, who knows if this will even last for her? So why maybe blow up a new relationship or something that's not like 100% sure so that you can just like reveal them because people want you to? Yeah. And I think based on her past, it seems like she has a very kind of a fraught relationship with being in the spotlight and the kind of celebrity trappings that have come along with her career. Because when she was working at J. Crew, I I remember like bef- being the creative director of J. Crew was not a position that you would have thought came along automatically with celebrity. Like you said, right. like it seemed weird that the New York Post gave a shit about what was going on with her. And I think she kind of became this figure that had like an outsized persona versus like what you would expect from the job she was doing. So then when she left that position, she kind of went away for a few years. And now, you know, obviously she made the choice to enter into this show, but it it does have to be a little bit complicated versus the rest of these women have been in like relative obscurity. And it seems like they are all very into the idea of the famousness. Yeah, they were, they're going from like relative obscurity, want more spotlight She's going from like, I don't know if I want to be in the spotlight, but I caught sort of already am because everyone like I know her name, even though I didn't know who she what her like what space she occupied necessarily. Like, I just know her as maybe like, I guess, probably a name of people who like the Washington Post and like Jezebel were writing about. But I didn't know why. But no, I think it is really fucked up that 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 happened to her. And I, I feel that like. I almost feel that everything she reveals about herself in this episode helped me have, obviously you can never have a full picture of someone, but have like a solid picture of her. And that set me up to understand her going mm-hmm. forward. And I, I, I think I like her. Do you, are you like feel? how are you feeling about her so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in, I like what she's giving us. I think it's, um, it's really interesting. Somebody that I feel like has for such a long time, mostly just kind of been this, image of a person that it's like the glasses she's tall she dresses a certain way and she is jenna lyons and kind of in this in this setting her having to really peel back the layers and give us more i think is it's it's neat to see different people handle that in different ways and i think contrasting that to jessel over the course of this episode where it becomes known to the whole group that she and her husband have not had sex since her twins were born over a year ago. Like, obviously she did, she shared this information at least with some of them personally, but the fact that this then snowballs into this group topic of conversation and, oh girl, we're all going to help you. And uh, what do we need to do? Like, let's plan a weekend X, Y, Z. Like I, I felt kind of uncomfortable on her behalf, how how quickly her like personal journey of whatever she's going through just kind of became like a group project. Me too. And this is where I feel like their knowledge of housewives kind of like kicked in even subtly. Like they were like, Oh, we know she's the one who we're going to like, we're going to spotlight her marriage because it's not in a good place. And we'll just keep like picking on her. I actually felt very badly for her because Yes, she did say that. And yes, this is the situation with her marriage. But I 
I really felt that they kept like picking at her like you're not having enough sex. It's like, do you think she doesn't fucking know? Like, do you think that this isn't already an issue like in her life? And you're literally just like prodding at her. But then her like little like mini tantrum over the lingerie like that made Jenna feel bad. To me, I could see that. And I was like, okay, she's being bitchy about the lingerie. She's being rude. But what we are looking at is such a serious body image problem that I get it. Like she wants to – she's freaking out because she's next to all these hot, skinny women. She already, I think, has some like internalized fat phobia in that she commented like, you never want to see a large with lingerie. You only want to see yeah. an XS and an S. It's like I understand that, that com- those types of comments are like so tough, but they're no – but they are – the person they're toughest on is her. And the fact that she feels this way and she's looking at these really skinny, beautiful women and she's seeing herself in like probably like the least attractive she's seen herself in her life. And she has to wear lingerie on TV with them. And she blames it on the lingerie rather than the fact that she's so uncomfortable with where she is right now. And I felt badly for her, even though she wasn't acting like how I would be like, love that, you know? Yeah. And I think I... Like there's a, maybe a disconnect that some of the women don't quite know her well enough to actually see all of that. And that maybe on, maybe because we're getting her confessionals and we're seeing more with her husband you know, difference. Yeah. That it, it feels like it is kind of a personal thing that she needs to probably do some work on. Whereas like, you know, for the rest of the women, it's like, go home and fuck your husband. Like do it in the shower. Get, just get it done. Like, are you giving blowjobs? Blah, 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 blah. Like, Whereas I think like you just pointed out so well that it really feels like it's something that she needs to work through with herself and not just like a, come on, like, just like, right. Let's bang. Right. Like, Oh, you're having sex three to eight times a night. Like, okay, whatever. Tom Sandoval. Like, like, she's like, I don't take my shirt off less than for less. It's like, okay, neither does Ariana. (laughs) It's just like, it's just, they were making her feel worse, I thought. Like, rather than like, they're basically by weaponizing how much they have sex, they were make like on purpose to make her feel like shit and look like her marriage was worse in comparison. And like, okay, I was confused. Was it two years they didn't have sex or one year? So I think her twins are, are one. So it's okay. been more than a year, but I don't know when before the twins was the last time. I mean- I'm assuming that they weren't having sex when she was like eight months pregnant, probably. So I feel like we're, you, you know, we're between. One <laughs> I'm not going to get out a calendar, but, but like a long time. But I also thought her point about like with the IVF where you ha- or with when you're trying to conceive and you it's like a schedule like that's also very real thing. So like it's not like this woman's marriage just like randomly deteriorated. She had a, a C-section. She's been raising twins. She she's already like was already yeah, really said, struggling with that. I think she said five rounds of IVF, which is... Yeah, so... Oh, my God. First of all, you, when you do rounds of IVF, like, you can't always have sex in that time period. Like, right. you're, you're, like, not... There's limitations. Like, you can't do stuff. So it really, really, really affects your body and your life. And I wish that these women would, like, not just write off her marriage because, the first of all, the two of them were friends first. So maybe she, like, kind of views him in that again. But... I don't think their marriage is like doomed 
necessarily yeah. if they work on it. And I think that it's the women are like kind of weaponizing it and pushing her into that box of like, you're the shitty marriage one. We're going to get you divorced ASAP so that we have drama. And right. I I just didn't like that. Even though I didn't like everything that came out of her mouth either. It's like when you're like somebody who doesn't really run and you're like, oh, I don't think I can run a mile. And your friend who's like great at yes, running you is can. like, what do you mean? Everyone it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like, right. that's not making me feel better about the possibility that I might be able to. That's making me feel like shit because I can't. Right, exactly. It's like where the encouraging thing to do would be like, why don't you try running 100 meters? Like, you know, it's just, it. yeah, it's, they were making her feel like shit. And even though like she had some comments that I was like, didn't appreciate, I really felt like it, you know, I don't know. I didn't love the way they were, they were making that all about. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm excited to see like kind of how the season progresses though, because now like I haven't seen more beyond the first two episodes. And so I feel like now I'm finally like in the, in the like audience experience and I'm like, okay, like what's happening next? Like, who's getting along? Who's not? What's the drama? What's the tea? And I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like based on two episodes, there's a lot to talk about. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll kind of continue down that road. Yeah. I, me too. I think there is definitely like a lot to analyze. We haven't even really gotten into like all of the characters yet. Characters. I mean, what about Uba going into the, into the kitchen and stealing the coconut milk? I thought that that was all very like, we know we want to be clowny because it's the housewives. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and also there's, I don't know, there's some, the vibe of being in the Hamptons, like off season, everything feels very sleepy. And so it almost feels like, you know, they're at this restaurant and it kind of feels like they're the only ones there. They and, you know, they're like, you know, at this house and it just feels like, you know, there's no leaves on the trees. and It just feels like, it doesn't feel like summer house Hamptons or even like past Roni Hamptons where it's like the middle of the summer. And so it almost feels like they have to be like trying extra hard to like create the scene and like, yeah, I don't know. Hijinks in the kitchen weren't quite doing it for me. Yeah, no, I mean, First of all, Hamptons, Hamptons off season is lovely. That, in my opinion, is the time to go. Maybe if you don't, maybe not if you want to film an intriguing show. But Erin, like, trying to, like, own Topping House, Topping, Topping Roads. Do you want to go to Topping? Do you want to go to Topping? This is my favorite place. I'm like, it's we know you're the Hamptons girl. You're the one with the house. We get it's it. It's just so funny lovely. because, like, I've, I've physically never been to the Hamptons and I could tell you that Topping Rose House is like the restaurant that everyone goes to. Like, also, they've been there on Roni before. They've like, I remember the se- one of the seasons that Tinsley was on, there were like two competing dinners happening in the Hamptons where it was like half the group was going to Topping Rose and half the group was going to like Almond or something. And some other restaurant that's yeah, like that, nearby, yeah. but different. Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, this isn't even like... Aaron doesn't even own this in the context of being on this television show, let alone like right. in the world of the Hamptons. Honestly, Dylan, I think you should take a ride out to the Hamptons and go visit all of the spots. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Lyrics. 
Swift, The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, TBD on me going to the Hamptons, but I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that's happening with Vanderpump Rules that I have found very... I don't know if interesting is even the right word over the last few days, but this is the developments with James and Rachel. Is she Rachel now? She changed her TikTok name to Rachel. Oh my God. See, I never stopped calling her Raquel. So I'm going to, I think I plan okay. to keep going with Raquel. Okay. So uh, <laughs> James has regained custody of their formerly shared dog um, amid some drama. And, you know, maybe it seemed like Raquel was trying to get him you know, re-adopted by someone else through Lisa Vanderpump, questionable. Um, But James posted last night on Instagram a picture of the dog, formerly known as Graham, aka Graham Cracker, and said, Hippie, we've decided to rename this little beauty Hippie. This is a tribute to my late godfather, George Michael's dog's name. The only dog I saw around the house growing up, although George and Hippie are in heaven now together, I know that they are watching over me now, a proud doggy papa. Um... Okay, first of all, like Was that the- like a very very, very convoluted way to drop George Michael's name. <laughs> the, the George Michael name drop really stopped me in my tracks when I saw this last night. Cause I like I I recall that there is this connection between James Kennedy and George Michael. Uh, you know, some of our most famous people of Greek heritage, I guess. Um but it's <laughs> but it's like, wait, what? Like you're you're renaming this dog after the late George Michael's also late dog. Yeah. It's also an <laughs> older dog at this point. So it like, it's kind of late to change the name. I get it. I, I kind of get it. Like new name, new life. Maybe they think like if we call him something else, he won't associate it with being like yelled at. I, I don't know, but I, I, I get it. I think it's funny. It's dramatic. Um, but I, you know, I think it's like good low stakes drama. I think it, it does feel like there is somewhere in here and I don't know the exact mechanics of this, but it feels like this is somehow tied to how are we incorporating Raquel into this season of Vanderpump Rules when objectively almost everyone in the group despises her. And this feels like there's some... I don't know what has been filmed, what has been, you know, happening behind the scenes, but it feels like this must somehow be tied to that. My feeling is that this is going to be like a Lisa is a hero, gets Graham back, now hippie, gives gives him to James. And like, it's a tearful reunion that makes Lisa look like a savior for saving this dog. And yeah. so I think it's like going to try to bring both of those impressions in and I agree with you it's like gonna be like a C plot in the show because he's gonna bring the dog with him so you know and then it's gonna be like me and Allie are we're you know we're practicing having a family and you know hippie is the first step to forever you know, that kind of thing. When he has an actual baby, he's going to name him George Michael. <laughs> George, after my godfather, George Michael. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that is what they're trying to do. But also, important, where is this dog? So, yeah. I know. There was, I feel like the whole 
filming of Vanderpump Rules that's happening right now, I just like, I'm in a place where I I don't want to keep hearing more about it and see, like, I don't want paparazzi photos of every time they're together as a group this season. I don't want, you know, they were they were filming in Lake Tahoe and they all attended this event together, including Sandoval. And people were like calling Sheena out. Yeah. There was a big con. I saw this. So there was a big controversy because a fan asked to take a photo with the group. Right. And Sheena is standing. Sheena and Brock are standing in the photo in like a line with Sandoval between them. And she's kind of like her, her arms around him, not like so intensely, but it's definitely like, you put your arms behind everyone's back in the photo. Right. Which, if I were her, I would have just kind of put my arm in front. Just because got to get that out there. Saying, uh, wouldn't have been that crazy. Didn't have to put your arm around him. But whatever. So people freaked out that they're like incorporating him back. I feel like, I agree with you. Like, I don't want to see. I don't want to see every time they film. And like, is he there? Is he not there? Is he trying to be involved? My feeling is that Sandoval is going to try to make it look like he is as integrated into this group as he possibly can. Knowing that there is all this like paparazzi and people watching and people taking photos because he wants it to feel like they all still like he's part of it. And also, I think, you know, he was so maligned compared to the rest of the the rest of the cast kind of got like a free pass at the end of the season because Sandoval and Raquel were like the scum of the earth, according to the edit. And I think if Sandoval feel makes it seem like everybody else is kind of, you know, accepting him a little bit, it's like they're one notch worse and he's one notch better, maybe. That it's like there's less of a, a gulf between like what is acceptable behavior and what do we allow in this group if they're letting me back in? Like, am I really so much worse than the rest of them? And yeah, I mean, Sheena basically clapped back at this and was like, hi, yeah, we're in public. We get asked to take photos. Like, I don't want to be like rude to people, XYZ, which I think is like fair. I mean, probably everybody has like posed for a photo with a group of people where they don't love everyone in the photo. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. Cause it's like, I don't know. I just Honestly, like, I think the reaction was to the way that he was like in the middle of her and Brock and they didn't, if you looked at that photo, you would never think like, Oh, that person's like left out of this crew. It was her body language. that I think people were picking on like, very, very <laughs> obsessed people. We got to call in the body language experts. Of, it does sort of suggest like, because here's the thing. It, I I know somebody who I very much dislike. And just I'll, I'll let you in on a little anecdote. I was at a wedding and she, this person who I dislike was a bridesmaid. And she ended up giving everyone in the wedding COVID. And we know that it was her because I was the only person who didn't go near her and like literally avoided her like the plague and everybody else got COVID. So it's like, if you really, I mean, granted we weren't filming a reality show, but if you really want to like not be seen with someone, not be like physically in their presence and be on the opposite end of a photo with them or not be in a photo with them or like not put your arm around them, you can do it. It is possible. Even if you have all the same people in the middle who are getting COVID from the super spreader, (laughs) (laughs) you're like and now i and now i like her even less (laughs) no now i'm like now i'm like look like we have a scientific way of proving that she was the super spreader because i'm safe 
Wow. I was the only yeah. person who didn't talk to her. After so. taking that photo, Sheena was just covered in Sandoval's droplets. <laughs> yeah, exa- that's what I mean. It's like, put your husband next to you. Put Sandoval on the end. Put your arm fucking down, Sheena. It's like, that's what I think yes. would have changed the reaction. Well, it's like, yeah, if people are going to pick apart everything you do, maybe when, you, when you're literally posing for a photo, it just like keep that in mind. Right. You can like avoid people like a little better than you are <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like if I were on the cast with Sandoval, I would just be like, I'm not fucking with you and like stay away physically. Create space, <laughs> Sheena. And this is why you this is why you would not last eleven seasons on a Bravo show. <laughs> oh my God. It, would, would I not last or would everybody else not last? <laughs> the show would be canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, I can't I can't go near that person. <laughs> I have principles here. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm excited to see the next season of Vanderpump Rolls, but I would like to see it mostly when it is on TV in seven months from now and not when it's on, you know, the Daily Mail and TMZ. Right. Like this isn't the Barbie movie. We don't need stills from you rollerblading in Venice Beach. Like this is not <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, it's just like it's one thing when they're filming like at Sir and people are like, Oh, look, they're filming at Sir, but it's like I don't I don't need to know who's at lunch with who. I don't need to know where we are at all times. Like we, it'll come and I, I promise it'll be better <laughs> if we right. don't know every detail. Right. I, my issue with it is I don't want to be forced to make judgments. Like I just went on a five minute rant about Sheena in one photo, literally from one second. I don't want to be forced to make judgments about what I'm going to see before I see it. That's a good with point. With the exception of the Sheena photo. <laughs> But like when you see, you know, you see Tom and Tom arguing at a table, it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't want to have to be like, will they get along? Will they be fine? Like, I'd rather just see it when it comes, that when it comes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think overall, it's like we, obviously, we don't want to watch something that's totally fake and, you know, pre-planned or whatever. But also, like, the reason that these shows are so compelling is because they're put together in a way that is you know, it's a produced package. That doesn't mean fake. That doesn't mean scripted, but like these people know what they're doing. And so, you know, watching the, the version that we're presented with is I think preferable to seeing like a million different like photos and videos on Twitter and TikTok, and then being like, Oh my God. Like what's, what's happening. I don't know. Whatever. I'm with you entirely. But that's one thing that I think is fun with Roni just to tie it all back together that we have no fucking clue what's happening this season and we don't know what's going to happen, who stays close with who, like it's fully just, you know, being rolled out week by week. And we're like, okay, sounds good. It's like a tabula rasa. It's beautiful and clean (laughs) and just, you know, (laughs) I love that. What wisdom to end with. Um, Sammy, it's Thank always you. such a pleasure to have you here. Remind people where they can follow you and listen to you. You can follow me at Sammy on Instagram, Threads, Sammy Sage Says on TikTok. And every morning, every weekday morning, I have the morning announcements, my five-minute news breakdown, where basically I just read out the news real quick, 
And there are funny jokes in it, or at least I think they're funny. This morning I had one about Ramona. I wasn't sure if I should include it, but Sean gave me the go-ahead that I could keep it in. So wow. you'll, if you listen to today's episode, Monday, you'll get a sense of, of what you'll be hearing. So check it out, the morning announcements, and we keep the, the news light light as possible that was great synergy it's like you're coming on mention at all you're going to talk about roni let's get a little ramona reference into the morning announcements we yeah, do what we can honest, <laughs> honestly like it it was it was begging for itself the reference uh, <laughs> well sammy thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen uh like i mentioned earlier we have a fun interview with side to silva coming up on wednesday so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that or any of our other episodes uh you can follow us on instagram at bravo by betches and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool mention it all is produced by dylan hafer sean kilby jorge morales pico and rebecca sousmacat Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.